what I want to share with you this morning, my, the title of my message is Living Resilient. Okay, Living Resilient. And um, so let's just, I, I just want to give you the definition of resilience. It's the ability to become strong, healthy, or successful again after something bad happens. That's according to the Merriam-Webster uh, Dictionary. And I was just thinking about 2022. I really feel this is a year of resilience where we are going to come back stronger than we were ever. We're going to come back, um, yeah, just healthier. We're going to be, we're just going to be stronger. And I was thinking, okay, God, if you want this to be a resilient year, we need an antidote. And so as I was praying about it, the Lord gave me this antidote, and it's just one word, joy. So I thought I'd start off with a joke, okay? This is something, I'm, I'm going to be transparent with you. Joy isn't something that natural, it doesn't come natural for me, because I did not grow up with any type of jokes. I grew up in a very serious environment, and I'm not, I don't know if just in general, if Asian Indians are really, we joke. I, I, I see one Asian Indian in here, and uh, I, I would say that your family didn't joke. Yes? No? No, kind of. <laughs> so, but joking is just one way that we can create joy, but I really, I really want to... Um, Kind of just implant into you uh, the power of joy and how we can cultivate joy and why joy is important. And because um, this antidote of a, a joyful community is so beautiful, the thought of that. And this is a dream of Scott and I's heart is that we want to create a resilient church, no matter what happens in life, that we can come back to joy. Um, joy does not mean that you're not going to have sadness or sorrow or um, hard things happen. You're just going to be able to come back to joy quick. That's the resilience. That's what I want to see each of you walk in. And this resilience is going to be something that's going to help no matter what happens in life. And how many of you know 2020 kind of gave a good, uh, just kind of a, a bang of like, oh my gosh, hard things can happen in the world. And if you weren't already having a hard life, you know, be thrown into 2020, right? And um, that was difficult. And there was a lot of things that it brought up in our lives of having to um, deal with sorrow and sadness and um, being lonely. There's a lot of things that came up. And 20, 2020 also uh, kind of brought with it, uh, not just COVID, it brought a lot of depression and sadness and, um, and almost a mindset of being independent and alone. And I want to challenge that because I feel what's, what, um, whatever is being, uh, brought into society because of COVID, whether it be the fear and the anxiety and the loneliness and the independence, I believe that there should be a radical 
shift from that mindset into a joyful mindset. Um, because when we have joy, we can do anything. No matter what we go through, we can handle it. Um, so something, that, something else that propelled me just even in the last week is um, the death of Chelsea Christ. She was Miss USA, and she went on to be uh, compete for Miss Universe um, in the 2019 pageant. And then she took her life January 30th. So that was a bit of a shock because she looked like she had everything going with her life, right? She was, she was really beautiful. She was a, a spokesperson. And she portrayed herself very joyful. Like even on camera or people, no one really had a clue that she was even sad because she portrayed herself as having, having it all together. Always smiling, always up. And all. So I, I, I just went in to do a little bit more research on her life because I felt like I needed to pay attention to why she took her life. And after doing some research, I um, came across this. And I, th I feel like this is important for you to understand why she took her life. So um, basically, this is a quote. This is what she said. And this was from some interview, and uh, one of the reporters reported this. She, Chelsea Chris said, turning 30 feels like a cold reminder that I'm running out of time to matter in society's eyes. And it's infuriating. So that was, um, I just felt that was really very eye-opening to see how much society puts so much pressure for us to be something. Um, and that pressure just, she couldn't handle it anymore. But if she had a capacity where, of joy being built into her life, I think she would have been more resilient. And none of us are... are um, can really say, oh, poor Chelsea, well, that was a bad decision. Anybody in a bad day can feel like a Chelsea, but we don't have to when we can cultivate joy. We have the ability to cultivate joy, but there's some, there's some secrets to this. There's some tips on cultivating joy. And we have to do this, especially in church, especially in church. Because um, all of you grow up in different environments. Um, ultimately, when I was studying joy and how to thrive and have a, th a thriving, joyful community, um, I started reading a lot of books on, on joy. And one of, my one of my favorites was written by a, a clinical psychologist named um, Dr. Wilder. And he, he studied joy for a while. And his definition on joy is this. He says, joy is the experience that someone is glad to be with me. Joy is the sense we are special before we have to do anything to prove it. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? We don't have to prove. Can you imagine? Um, we were really designed to have uh, a strong capacity of joy because, you know, we, we live in a world that's troubled and have a lot of suffering. But that doesn't mean that we can't 
come out of that joy, I mean, come out of the suffering and stay, stay depressed. We can, we can become joyful even in the midst of suffering. So how do we do this? How do we um, become joyful? But before I tell you how, I'm going to tell you some benefits of joy, okay? So joyful people are, the, are very resilient. So joy, that's why I'm going to talk to you about it, because you guys are all going to be resilient by the time, and all of you are going to start joy in your families, in your workplaces. I'm believing, as I share this, that you guys are going to be joy starters everywhere. Joy starters everywhere. Can you imagine this? Uh, uh, a community that's filled with joy, your family's filling with joy. Ah, oh, you guys are going to be, you guys can go through anything. No matter what life throws you, you're going to be Okay. So resilience, that's what, one of the benefits of joy. Next is um, it makes us strong, loving relationships. So when you have joy, you will have loving, strong relationships around you. Um, uh, because your relationships are rooted with uh, joy. So the people that are around you, you might have difficulty, um, you know, you might get angry, but... Say you get angry. We, I think Pastor Scott talked about anger last week. Say you get angry. Well, you don't want to anger. You, want, you don't want to be angry and sin, right? But you have a correction or something that you need to give a feedback, and you do it in a stern way. Someone who doesn't have a capacity for joy will just become depressed. But if you have the capacity for joy... You can take that correction and that's done sternly and be able to receive it and grow. That's what we're designed to do, and you will actually have stronger relationships. But if you give a correction and the person doesn't have a capacity for joy, they're going to probably just avoid you and maybe not talk to you for a very long time. Um, and that's not healthy for anyone. We're, we're designed... We're going to have emotions of anger. We're going to have emotions of sadness. But what are we, how are we responding to that? And we, we have the ability um, to grow in joy so that we can respond well when someone even brings a correction to us. So, um, yes, we have, we'll have strong, loving relationships. The next thing it does, it... Uh, Joy stimulates the identity region of our brain. So to have a strong identity, to know who you are, it takes a joy capacity to grow. We need our capacity uh, there. Um, so joy is essential for healing um, our identity. Next, um, we'll be able to withstand pain, suffering, um, pain and suffering, and we'll still have intact relationships. How many of you gone through something super painful and it ruined your relationships? Yeah, that can happen. But that's not how it's supposed to be, y'all, because we're going to all have pain. We're going to all have suffering. And But what are we going to do when, we're, when we have pain and suffering. I hope the people that love you don't run, but can walk with you through it. 
I think we're all meant to create an environment where we can be with each other through our pain and through our suffering. And that's what I want in our church and our church family is that we learn um, how to be more connected to each other and not, um, yeah, not separate and isolate. So a joyful, the other benefit of joy, I love this one. Um, the last one, joyful environment allows, allows us to live without masks. So this is, when we have a joyful environment, we, can, we have the ability to share our weaknesses and we'll still be loved and accepted. Okay? And this is so hard for, I think, every human to share our weaknesses. It's, it's a lot easier to share our strengths than our weaknesses. But how many of you guys know there's not one human on the earth that's strong all the time? We all have weaknesses. That's part of the being human. And, um, but it's hard when there is pressure to stay strong and not show weakness. And that's probably what, what happened um, to Miss USA, was that she had a pressure to put on a mask that everything is okay. And so what I want to say to each of you is that when you're going through a hard time, it's okay to say that you're going through a hard time. And uh, find... Find loved ones or friends that you can share that with and not be alone in your process. We're not meant to do life alone. If we were meant to do life alone, God would have designed each of us with our own planets and we'd be all by ourselves on our planet. We're not designed to live alone. We, it's, not, it's not good for man to be alone as we saw in Genesis. We are meant to live in connection with each other in community. But that means each of you have to be healthy and not be, uh, have uh, hearts that are attacking those that are down or those that are weak or when they're suffering. We have to know how to come alongside and build each other up. And that's what I hope that you'll get from this even um, this morning is that each of you will have some tools to start being um, healthy joy starters. Healthy, um, you'll create environments where you can welcome pain, you can welcome suffering, you can welcome weakness, and it still be okay. That there will still be an atmosphere of love, and there will be still an atmosphere of ex acceptance. Um, but it does take some training because I don't know how how much we actually even talk about, um, you know, being, being um, strong for those that are weak. And in our society, I think we, we have a tendency to just kind of focus on those people that are strong. But I think it's, I think it's the most beautiful is when the weak and the strong can be together because we learn from each other. We need each other. The, the weakest of, I, I think it's important because, the, um, I don't know, it was about a month ago in, in prayer, the Lord was showing me we are as strong as the, our weakest person as a, as a church. 
So when one is suffering, we really all suffer. Have you noticed that in your own family? When, when one of your siblings are suffering, you, you hurt or you're sad? And I think as a church family, when, we are, when one of us is hurting, we need to come alongside that person that's suffering or hurting and build that person up. Um, and some of you might not have had tools or training to know how to do that. So I'm going to give you a, a couple of tips on how to, um, to be more joyful and create an environment of joy. But um, one thing I do need to tell you is uh, what, what happens when you grow up in a low-joy environment. Okay. Joy starts actually at conception. Um, your brain starts to develop the, the joy center from conception. That baby in that womb, and you, we've got some moms in the house right now. Those babies are absorbing even how you are interacting with them. Are you delighted with them or are you sad about them? You know, so some, some of you grew up in an environment where your parents may not have wanted you. You, were, you might have felt like a mistake or whatever. Those things kind of affect your growing up. But, that, but that's not the end all, y'all. Because we have a God who loves us unconditionally. He loves us through all circumstances. And so it doesn't matter if we grew up in an environment with low joy. So that could be your parents um, weren't delighting in you from conception. Or when you were born, they were going through hard things and they couldn't spend much time with you and, and uh, increase your joy center and uh, increase your joy capacity. And one of the ways that moms do that when you are born is by eye contact and them looking at, you, at the baby and saying, wow, you're amazing, you are special. Well, that kind of should grow as, as they grow and get older, it should continue. But it doesn't a lot of times because it will break down. If it didn't break down in family, it'll break down in school. And if it's not in school, it might, you might have that breakdown at work. But that's not how it ends. We still have the ability to increase our joy capacity when we are in a healthy environment at church, when we are with believers that love God, we can um, learn to love each other and make up for what, what we lost in our childhood. So how many of you want more joy? I want more joy. I think I have learned some things along the way that I've had to increase my, that have increased my joy capacity because I, I had a lot of things growing up that were, um, you know, kind of, yeah, just how I, some of you know, but I didn't grow up with my mom and dad after one because they came to America to work on their higher education. So I didn't have my parents to really infuse joy into me. So I was at a deficit growing up that I always wondered, looking at my brother and my sister, why are they so much more joyful than I am? And um, when I got spirit-filled and I, I understood there's a lot of things that the Holy Spirit can fill me with that even though I didn't have that joy growing up, that 
the Holy Spirit can fill me with. And so I, my joy capacity started to grow as I encountered the Lord, um, especially in worship. Worship was so key for me. The presence of God was really transforming me from the inside out because I was realizing that God had his eye on me and that he cared about me and that my life matters no matter what I did. It's not based on my performance level. It's based on just me being me. And um, I didn't have to prove myself to anyone. I could just be. And that just started to increase my joy capacity. And so I just want to say worship is key to increasing your joy capacity, encountering the Lord. And so I want to read a scripture to you, Romans 15, 13, this situation, um, whatever the, that circumstance is. One of, one of the highlights for my brain of a really low moment was when I fought cancer. When I got the news of cancer, my spirit just went into complete lack of joy. Like, I was sad. I was crying. And, um, yeah, I cried for maybe like two hours. But then I remembered all the times that God had been with me prior. See, God had been with me through many, many other trials besides cancer. And it bounced me right back up like, oh my gosh, God, you're with me. I'm, I can do this. I've got, I've got this. Even though I don't really understand how I'm going to get through it, I know and I can trust you. So I just pressed into the Lord in that circumstance and he filled me and gave me the capacity to endure the suffering because it was painful. It was a painful year, like walking through all the ups and downs of it. Um, so God really helped me through that. And the other was you all. Like my church family came around me and lifted my arms up in the midst of me, you know, like feeling sad at times or going through some, some type of natural treatment or I did a lot of different things and, um, along the way. But through it all, y'all, I came out on the other side, and I am totally cancer-free. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's another story for another day. But I just remember just being so, yeah, like my, my joy was completely drained um, at that moment with that news. So invite, but I invited God into that, and he gave me the strategy. It was beautiful. So that's number one, joy action. Invite God into your situation, your disappointments, your failures, and invite him to fill you with joy. Psalm 1611 says this, you have made known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is the fullness of joy at your right hand and pleasures forevermore. See, God is our constant source of joy. Okay, number two, joy action. Um, when someone is going through something hard, I want you to remember this. Love and tender responses will grow their joy. Loving, tender responses will grow their joy. I don't know if someone has taught you how to do this, but if someone is suffering, you can say something like, I'm so sorry and I'm sad with you. Um, in what you're going through. 
It makes me sad that you're sad. The other day, I believe, I don't know, is the Ford family here? Okay, Judah. Judah came to Pastor Scott, and it was the most beautiful thing. I tell you what, all of you guys have been so kind through um, Scott's dad passing away. But Judah just came up on a Tuesday night, and with the most kindest heart, most sincere little heart, Judah, Judah, I don't know, was maybe 12 years old. Judah came up to Pastor Scott, and he said, I'm so sorry to hear about your dad passing away with the most empathetic, sad um, emotion, which is unusual for a 12-year-old. That's not normal, y'all. But the, the, the Ford family has cultivated something in Judah for him to respond that way. It shocked me. It took me completely by surprise. And I started to cry when I thought I was good, but it was okay. Um, I was able to bounce back to joy because he entered in to what we were feeling and being sad. Um, that was beautiful. If a 12-year-old can do it, y'all, every one of you can do it. Every one of us can uh, have loving, tender responses when someone is sad or someone is suffering or someone is hurt. So let's take a moment right now and just um, ask the Lord to forgive us for when we have not been loving or tender. And each of us have gone through things where we have bad days and we don't, okay? So, um, you know, I, there are times I've not been loving and tender. So let's just take a moment and just pray for us to be more loving and tender. So, Lord, Lord here we are. As a church family, We forgive us for when we have not been loving and tender, when someone is hurting or in pain or going through something difficult. Um, forgive us for not being compassionate or empathetic and entering into the emotion of that person. Forgive us. Forgive us for being hard-hearted. Forgive us for being self-centered. Father, I pray right now that you fill us with more love and tenderness and compassion when those that are suffering in our midst, in Jesus' name. And that is not at all a rebuke because all of you guys have been very, very kind to our family when um, Scott's dad passed away. So, But I'm just saying that was just a beautiful experience from a 12-year-old of loving, tender response. It grows joy. Okay, the next thing you can do is greet someone you don't usually talk to. And I encourage the younger ones, like the 20-somethings, to talk to a 50-year-old or a 60-year-old in your midst. We can sometimes tend to be cliquish and only uh, respond or talk to people that are like us or have uh, uh, similar traits, but I just want to say if you want to increase your joy capacity, you're going to need to invite older people uh, to be in your world. Interact with them because they have a lot more wisdom. They have a lot more experience of life. They have protective skills that could help you in your, in your storm or your difficulty, or your failure, or whatever you're going through. And you might not have something difficult right now, but you might need them later. But there is also an interaction that happens in their heart when you go to them. They will start to feel joy. 
they will start to feel needed and uh, there's just a beautiful, I don't know, their, their joy cup will start to fill up. Um, that interaction, that multi-generational interaction is what I, what Scott and I both want to see in our community. Multi-generational joy. That's what I want to see because this is what's going to create a resilient church is when we are honoring the older the older ones among, among you are so beautiful. And we don't know how long they'll be with us. They're, you know, we don't know how long an older person will be with us. So don't take them for granted. Um, enjoy them while you have them. And the, uh, the interaction of the older turning to the younger. You know, like, also do it the other way. An older person, go to the younger. They might be scared to talk to an older person, you know? Like, so go to them. Um, don't wait for them to come to you. Uh, but I want to see that interaction more um, in, in our community. And I think, so greet someone you don't usually talk to that's a different generation, okay? And that could be talking to a little one. I get so much joy talking to little Eden. Um, that is the Middleton's little child. She's only two, but she acts like she's, 10. And um, it's, it's fun. So yeah, greet someone and talk to someone that's a different generation than you. Okay, the next one, number four, smile as you introduce yourself to someone um, older than you or younger than you or the same age as you. But smiling is super, super important to activate the joy center in your brain. Did you guys know that? Smiles. Has someone ever smiled and you felt sad? <laughs> no. Smiling is a gift. And it's so beautiful. Impart your smile to others. And if you didn't grow up smiling, whoa, I almost fell. Uh, <laughs> if you didn't grow up smiling, smile. Go practice your smile in the mirror at home, y'all. Go practice your smile. And, and don't smile like this. Have you, have you ever been greeted by someone who smiles at you like this? I have, and it's awful. <laughs> it's awful. Smile with your eyes, y'all. Smile with your eyes. This is smiling with your mouth. And this is smiling with your eyes. Smile. <laughs> Smile with your eyes, y'all. I'm telling you, it makes a huge difference. I have been around people that smile with their mouth, and I feel like sick to my stomach because I'm like, oh, they don't really want to be with me. <laughs> that might not be your heart. That might not be your intention. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, these are things that um, will change your life. I'm, I'm, I'm believing you're going to get better jobs just doing this, y'all. You're, you're, you're going to have more friends because you're doing this. But smile with your eyes, not with just, I don't know, just don't do it as a robot. Okay? Don't be robotic. Smile and introduce yourself to someone. That's your challenge this week. Smile and introduce yourself to someone. Okay, the, ne the, the next one, 
be connected in community. So to thrive and to be resilient, you have to be connected in, in a tribe, in a community. You can't do life alone. And many of you have been trained to just be independent, like, hey, I've got, I've got to just handle this all myself. No, you don't. If you don't invite people into your journey, they won't, they'll think you want to do it alone, right? You have to invite people into, into your things that you're going through. We, we don't know that you're going through something if you don't tell us. We can't extract it from you. You have to be able to communicate it, right? So, um, but part of that is being connected um, in, in a joyful, joyful community, a joyful family. Don't, don't do life alone. All right? All right, so practically something that I want to tell you that's coming that's so exciting. So for this year, for 2022, one of the ways that we're practically going to cultivate an environment of joy is we have decided to once a month on the third Tuesday of the month have a family night as a church where we will eat together, fellowship together, just enjoy one another, look each other in the eye, and, and older with the younger, uh, coming together and just fellowshipping. And, you know, I might even throw in some uh, uh, exercises within it to cultivate more joy. Because joy is a capacity that you, you will learn over time. It's not like all of a sudden, woo, I'm joyful. It takes some time to build joy. So in, the, in this environment, it's going to be the third Tuesday, 6.30 to 8.30, starting next month, we're going to have different homes that we're going to go to, and we're going to practice this, increasing our joy as a family, a multi-generational family, the older with the younger, younger with the older, interacting and connecting um, to build this joy. And then we'll end with a little worship at the end. But that is something practically that I want to just put plant in you guys to uh, pray about putting on your calendar the third Tuesday of the month, 630 to 830 is, is the plan to eat together and fellowship and, and play games and all kinds of fun. We're just doing fun things together. All right. Um, so, joy exercise now for home. This is your joy exercise you're going to do at home. You're going to go and tell one of your family members two qualities you appreciate about them. Two qualities you appreciate about them, about their character, about who they are. Um, just, just start small, y'all. But appreciation and smiling and, and uh, enjoyment with the people around you is going to create an environment where your joy capacity is going to increase and you're going to become more resilient. And, but this is doing it over increments, you know, like all of a sudden, if you did, if you were a low joy family, you grew up in a low joy environment, all of a sudden you're not going to just, woo, I'm going to be joyful. No, it take it, but your joy capacity will grow as we, as you spend time continuing to interact with the older, with the younger, with, um, and celebrating and appreciating one another, tell people that you love, and even people that, that serve you, 
what they mean to you, um, what you what you appreciate about them. Appreciation increases that joy. Um, it's the same with the Lord. When you 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 can increase your connect your joy by connecting with God by telling Him how much you appreciate Him. I love you, God, because blah blah blah. You're amazing, and I, I appreciate when you were with me through uh, something difficult. But talk to him and uh, connect with him in the morning, saying, I love you, God. You're amazing. And uh, rem- remind yourself of when God was with you. That, um, that's called a, uh, the Emmanuel approach. It's really God being with us. Um, invite God into uh, whatever circumstance you're going through in, that, in, in your life. It's a beautiful thing. So um, I'm just going to conclude there that we all take um, time to really grow our joy capacity so that we can be resilient. And I, I just want to end praying, praying together, and then we're going to have communion. Um, and when we take communion, what I want you to do is just um, whoever you pick, pick someone to take communion with and um, before you take communion, say something you appreciate about the person, um, and then then uh, take communion together. But um, I want to pray, and then we're going to take communion together. We're going to end today's communion Sunday. So, Lord, we just thank you for our church and the uh, the uh, the joy that you're growing in our midst. You are our joy and that we can fill up with joy because you, in your presence is the fullness of joy. And this joy that we would be containers of joy that would be so contagious. It would be more contagious than all the depression and anxiety and fear that has been spread through COVID and all the things that were going on. We just thank you right now, God, that you're going to wash us and uh, remove the heaviness, remove the yokes as we start. Uh, just cultivate joy in our midst. Cultivate um, the the appreciation of each other, the, the, the delighting of each other, delighting in uh, the person that's beside us um, and valuing them. Thank you, Lord, that you're, you are the one that um, uh, takes away sorrow and sadness. So lift off any places where there's been heaviness from uh, depression or uh, failure or loss of a loved one or a lo- um, loss of a relationship. I pray that you would just wash, wash our community and reset us to have a capacity for joy, a capacity to grow in joy. May we be able to do that and celebrate one another. We thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. That was tremendous. You guys get something from that? The uh, I, I was actually getting such a download. I feel like I'm supposed to do part two, joy, part two next week. I was re- really the Lord was uh, opening up things as you were communicating, and and I, I just feel like you know the, the scripture talks about for the joy set before Him, Jesus even can endure the cross. And we know that this life is at times not easy. There's suffering, there's hardship, but God wants to set a joy before us that our future is always bright. We're always looking ahead and we're going, wow, look what God's bringing me into. Look what he's done for me, restoring the joy of our salvation. And, uh, 
And, and I just believe that, you know, it's one of the greatest weapons. The Lord was saying this is a weapon in the, at the end of the age, at the end times when the great distress and tribulation will come upon the earth and, uh, and people won't even want to be alive. They'll be like, they were praying for the rocks to fall upon them. That spirit of suicide will, will be rampant at the end of the age, but, but not for the, the bride of Christ, not for the body of Christ. We are carriers of, the, of this joy, this contagious joy that will spread this joy to the ends of the earth. And, and I feel like, as, as Sarah was talking about, we have to cultivate uh, a joy capacity, a capacity to obtain joy and to dispense joy. And how many people know that the joy isn't just for your own self, right? It's to, it's to, to, to uh, bless other people's lives. I mean, how many times has even our own staff, our own team here, just when I'll be feeling something heavy, a burden or something, and, or Sarah and I come, and, and then there they are, and they're like, they're all bubbly, and they're excited, and they celebrate one another. And it was like, it, it's, there's something about we need each other, because there's going to be times where you're down, and you're like, wow. And that's why Jesus says, carry one another's burdens. And, uh, and I just feel like there's, God is going gonna, is gonna to create such an opposite spirit of what the world is going through, that the world is going to be attracted to the bride, attracted to the body of Christ. Like, who are these people? How do they get so so happy and how can they have joy set before them how do they never lose their vision and partly is we do it together you know the hand can't say to the foot i don't i don't need you we we need each other to stay on track it's essential especially at the end of the age that we have healthy joyful community does it make sense Woo! i'm gonna give away too much if i keep talking i've got part two coming okay i gotta but uh we're gonna we're gonna celebrate um communion right now and we want you to come up and and uh as, as i think that just that practice of saying you know to someone might be someone you know or someone you looked across and the holy spirit gave you a download but you know what i appreciate about you or even another way you say you know what i love about you you know but we need to encourage one another daily Okay, as we see the day approaching, the return of the Lord, the encouragement should be a crescendo at the end of the age. Amen? Hallelujah. All right, let's pray for communion. Father God, we thank you for this word. We thank you for, Lord, uh, setting joy before us, Lord. And Lord, we know that even this salvation, the joy of our salvation being restored, wherever it's been stolen, I just pray over anyone here, Lord, that even the the, the, the power of the gospel or the, where the the joy stealers have been trying to take away from that such a great salvation, such great joy that God has made a way for us to be with him for all of eternity, Lord. We just pray that everything would be replenished, even right now, Lord. The glad tidings that bring joy to all men, Lord, would be restored as we look to you. We look to the cross and we look to the, the way you valued us in such an extraordinary way that you pour out your blood, your life for us. And we celebrate this, Lord. We celebrate one another, Lord, brothers and sisters, that we'll be with for all of eternity, Lord. We give you praise. And we remember Jesus and his sacrifice, his body that was broken, his blood that was shed. In Jesus' name, consecrate this now. In Jesus' name, amen.